If you have your Bible tonight, open them to Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. Let's start with a word of prayer this evening. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for today. We're thankful for the opportunities of this Lord's Day. Lord, we're thankful to hear your word, to grow in your truth. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to come back tonight and to, to hear the word of God, not uh, some, some lecture by a man, not some passing on of just random information, but the truth of God's word. Lord, I pray that we would take it in tonight, that we would be shaped tonight. I pray for the folks that are here, those that are listening in some other means. I pray, Lord, again, uh, knowing that your word goes out and bears fruit, I pray that today that it brings much glory to you. We're thankful for this opportunity, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. In our culture today, in the world today, I believe the singular measure measuring stick of success, I believe, is wealth. And I believe if there were a scoreboard somewhere and on it were kept the winners and the losers of life, I believe the score would be kept, would be counted in dollars. Now, that is the reality. Now, if you think about it, when we say someone has done well, isn't that what we mean? If we say, if you do the right things, You'll be successful. Isn't that what we mean? I believe today the single greatest indication of a person's success or lack thereof in our culture is reflected in their wealth. Now, I want you to think about that tonight. If a person is successful, if they're held up as successful, that means they live in certain areas, but not others. That holds true. If a person is successful today, they drive certain vehicles, but not others. If a person is successful, they are able to do certain things, but not others. If a person is successful, you watch our culture today, you wear certain clothes, but for sure not others. And that is what our world counts as success Today, Now, you might try to think of some other definition, but I believe that is how the score is kept in our culture, in our world today. If you are successful, you are possessing wealth. If you are a failure, you have not accumulated wealth. Well, I want to tell you, the Bible has a different measuring stick of success. That is what the world thinks. That is what the world upholds. The Bible, however, God has a different Measuring stick of success. Now, I want to say this, and I think we need to be sure and teach this. The Bible is not for poverty. There's some folks that say, well, if you're going to honor God, you got to give away all your stuff and you got to toil around in poverty. The, the Bible is not for poverty, and the Bible's not for wealth. The Bible's not for poor people, and it's not for wealthy people. It is not about wealth. Really, it comes down to the fact. It is about your heart. And some of the folks that we see in the Bible, they're extremely wealthy. And some of the folks that we see uplifted in the Bible, they are walking in poverty. It's not about wealth. It is a matter of the heart, the content and the character of the heart of a person. Now, the reason I say that, sometimes we rail on wealthy people. Well, you can't be Christ-like because of your wealth. That is not the issue. It is a matter of the heart. Tonight we're going to move along in our study. We've made it all the way to the 19th chapter. 
And so we're moving into the 19th chapter. We're going to begin here in the 19th chapter, and we're going to see this type of character, this type of heart explained from God's Word. What does God count as a success? What does He uphold for us as the ideal of success? We're going to see this type of heart, this type of character upheld and explained from God's Word. All right, we're in chapter 19, and we're going to begin tonight in the first verse. First verse says this, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. Let me read that again. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. Now, I'll just tell you, the world looks down on poor people. It does today. Evidently, it always has. This is, this is ages ago. Evidently, it's always looked down on poor people. To the world, the worst thing that you can be is poor. Uh, to be a cheat or a scoundrel or whatever is fine as long as you are not poor. Well, God says here, it is better to be a poor man. Now, when you look that up in the original language, if you go to Hebrew, that word for poor means a person of no means. It actually means a starving person. So it's not a person that's, that's lower on the, on the spectrum somewhere. It is a person that has no means. It is a person that is actually literally starving. The Bible says it is better to be that type of a poor person. It says who walks. It's better to be a poor person who walks. Now, uh, we've crossed this several times this is talking about the pattern of life. It's not just a day in the life of or a, a point. It is the pattern of your life. It is a walk. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity. The word his is possessive. It means it is that person's character. It is that person's heart. And so they possess this integrity. Integrity is actually a great word, and it means the fullness of character. Uh, it, it means, if you're to look at it, it means what is supposed to be there is actually there. And that's what integrity means. Integrity means if something is supposed to be there, promised to be there, should be there, it is there. It is the fullness of character. Now, an example, that would be an apple. If you were to take an apple and from the front, it is beautiful and it is big and it is red and it is shiny and you're to look at that apple and it's attractive as an apple, but if I were to turn it around and there were a piece out of it, maybe somebody took a bite out of it, and there, maybe there was a rotten spot there, maybe it had turned brown, maybe there's a, a worm there sticking out of a hole in the apple. Well, that is the opposite of integrity. What's supposed to be there, what looks like it's there when you turn it around, is not there. Well, God says, listen very carefully, God says a person of integrity is a success. His definition of success, a person of integrity. Now, I want to point out something here. We're going to see it as we move through these verses. Here's the deal. You can have integrity if your business fails. 
You can have integrity if the economy suffers. You can have integrity if somebody steals all of your stuff. You can have integrity if everybody's talking about you. You can have integrity if the whole world is against you. Integrity depends on you. Well, can you be so poor you can't have integrity? No. Can you be in such a bad situation that you can't have integrity? No. Integrity depends on you. Well, God calls integrity in this verse success. Then he says, it's better than he who is perverse in speech. That word perverse means crooked in speech and is a fool. Now, we've talked about this. A fool knows what is right, but does what is wrong. Well, the point of this is this. The world will overlook a person crooked in speech. The world will overlook a person uh, that is a fool that does the wrong things if they have enough status and enough wealth. Look at our political system today. Let me tell you a story. I, I thought about this long time ago. Here's, here's the truth. A coach should be about the kids. A coach, by definition of what a coach is, should be about the players. That's what a coach is. They want to build up players. They want to lead players. They want to encourage players. They exist to help the players. A coach is about the players. Now, let me just tell you, we know this. That has become distorted. A coach now is about wins. A coach is about self and about promoting self by getting wins. And that's, that's what it has become. Let me tell you a story. Years and years ago, a long time in a faraway land, in a, in a spring one year, I went through spring football with, with Texas Tech. And I remember coming out on the first day, and we get our stuff, and we get our stuff issued to us, and we get out there, and it's a pretty warm day, and we, we line up, and we're going to stretch. We line up by alphabetical order. I'm sitting there, and there's a guy behind me. His name starts with a C, and we sit down to stretch. Now, I look back, and this guy behind me is a big deal. He was a preseason All-American. The previous season, he was a first-team All-Southwest Conference. That used to be a thing. He was on the Exxon All-Supreme team. This guy was a big deal. He was needed by the team. Now, he ended up after that season playing in the NFL, but we began to stretch, and I remember the head coach, Coach Dykes, Spike Dykes, came by, and I remember he bends down, and nobody can hear what he's saying. He doesn't say it out loud. It's not for anybody's benefit. I just happen to hear it because I'm sitting there with, with my name in the seas. And he says to this guy, what's wrong? Guy says, nothing's, nothing's wrong, coach. And he says, you, you, you don't seem happy. You used to always be happy. You don't seem happy. He says, Coach, I'm, I'm happy. And he says, how are your folks doing? How, how's your family? He says, they're fine. It's fine, Coach. I'm good. And with no one to hear it and with no one to be impressed and at the cost of his own program, here's what he said. And I remember just overhearing it. Calls him by name. If this ever becomes a job, if you're ever not happy doing this, you tell me and I'll find a way to pay for your education and you'll never have to come out here again. And I remember as a 20-year-old kid thinking, you know what? 
That's integrity. You know what? That, that's going to cost if the kid takes him up on that. Integrity is what should be there and what is represented to be there. When you turn it around, it is there. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. All right, verse 2. Also, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge. And he who hurries his footsteps steps errs. Starts off and it says also. It means while we're at it. Okay, you have that. While we're at it, it is not good for a person to be without knowledge. Now we know from our study, it's talking about the knowledge of the truth. It is talking about godly wisdom. Exactly what we're studying as we go through the book of Proverbs. Exactly what is gained as we know God and know his character by studying his word. And so he says here, it is not good. Now, it, it means, in fact, it is bad if a person is without knowledge, if a person does not have godly wisdom. And so that brings us to the second thing tonight. God counts success as, number one, possessing integrity, and number two, possessing wisdom. What does God count as success? Number one, it is possessing integrity. Number two, it is possessing wisdom. The person who is a success in the measuring stick of God has and is growing in godly wisdom. According to God's word, that is success. Let me ask you a question tonight. Can you grow in godly wisdom if you're poor? Yes. Can you grow in godly wisdom if you're wealthy? Yes. Can you grow in godly wisdom if you're young? Yes. Can you grow in godly wisdom if you're old? I won't point anybody. What if you're in a tough situation? What if the world is against you? Can you grow in godly wisdom? Watch this. Just like integrity, possessing wisdom, the determining factor it's not your wealth, not your status, not your reputation. The determining factor is you. You want to be a success in God's system. Here's the thing. You do these things. You possess these things. Notice this. Everywhere else, every other system, if you're not a success, it's somebody's fault. You ever notice that? If, if you're not a success in athletics, if you're not a, a success in the business world, if you're not a success in, in whatever re realm, it's somebody else's fault. It's their fault. It's the environment. It's my parents. It's the political system. Somebody has to be to blame. Well, notice this. Here in God's system, possessing integrity, exhibiting that, is on you. Gaining wisdom, possessing wisdom, is on you. Now, it goes on and it says this. And he who hurries his footsteps errs. Now let's go back to the analogy at the start. Walk is this, is this interesting thing. It is, it is the walk of life. It is, it is the pattern of life. Now think about that. It's not a point. It, it's not a flash, a snapshot. It is not a step 
It's not this one-time thing that you would do, but it is a walk. And so it's over time. It's this month. It's last month. It's next year. It was last year. It's in the years to come. It is over a walk. Well, in that walk, here's what it says. The person who goes fast, the person whose steps are fast, they move quickly. It's describing a hasty person. It is a person that makes hasty decisions. You know people like this. They go and they go and they have a decision and they go and they make it and they jump. They hear something, they jump on it. The Bible says the the hasty person that makes hasty decisions, the Bible says they err. Now, I have a Route 2 Hebrew book and I looked it up. And to err in Hebrew on Route 2 means this, mess up. They mess up. The person that makes the fast decision, the Bible says, they mess up. God considers success, listen to this, a considerate person, a rational person. You see, the world loves speed. The world says, do it now, we'll sort it out later. The world says, do it now, act now, we'll figure it out later. Apologize later if you have to. God says, listen very carefully, success is being a person that is careful, that is thoughtful, that is deliberate, that doesn't just go, that is considerate. Do you know and can you imagine how much better our decision-making would be if we were pre-decided to be careful? You know what? I ought to get both sides of the story before I do something. You know what? I need more information. You know what? I I, want to weigh it out. Do you know how much better our decision-making would be if we were careful and thoughtful? Verse 3. The foolishness of man ruins his way. And his heart rages against the Lord. Let me read that again. The foolishness of man ruins his way. And his heart rages against the Lord. Foolishness, we've again, we've looked at this many times across our study in Proverbs. Foolishness in the Bible is self-reliance. It literally means knowing what is right knowing that this is the best thing according to God, that according to God, this is the good thing, the moral thing, actually the best way and not doing it. That's what a fool is. Now, an ignorant person doesn't know the right way, but a foolish person, they know the right way, the good way, according to God, and they're not doing it. Now, I I think of reasons for that. Maybe the other way is too hard. Maybe the other way is too inconvenient. Maybe they just don't want to. I don't like that way. I want to do it my way. The foolishness of a person, here's what the Bible says, ruins their way. Ruins, destroys, wrecks havoc in their way. So here's the walk. And a person says, I don't care what God has said. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to operate according to his wisdom. Ruining their way means that the things they do brings trouble in their life brings issues in their life, brings chaos and drama in their life. I I don't know. I I watch folks. 
You ever watch people today? I don't know if it's always been this way, but it looks like this is the way of life right now. You ever watch people and their life is going from one fire to the next fire? And they, get, they, they beat this fire out and it's blazing up and they beat it out and they get it put out and they turn the corner and there's another fire. And they go from one troubled situation to the next troubled situation and you watch them. They got this problem and they got this trouble and it's going to take them out and it's not able to be overcome. And they get that done and they get that settled and there's another problem. It's one life and death event. You know what? I'm going to die. This is going to kill us. We're not ever going to survive this. And they get that taken care of and there's another one in front of them. And it's in their workplace. It's just trouble and trouble. It's, it's in their homes and it's in their relationships. Well, the truth of God's word is this. The foolishness of a person ruins their way. I think it's a sad thing. That's not how God intends life to be. Now, I wonder how many folks that are just going to pound their way through life, going from fire to fire to trouble to trouble, and they're never going to have the peace that God intended. That's not how God intends us to live. Now, it goes here to the motive. It says, and his heart rages against the Lord. You see, there's a bigger thing than just being a fool. There's a reason they act as a fool. It goes now to their motive, and their heart, his heart rages against the Lord. Here's the bottom line. Here's the issue. The issue is sin. The foolish person, the reason they're foolish, the reason they make foolish decisions, it's because of sin. Well, they didn't know. It's not that. It's sin. The reason they defer to themselves, the reason they ignore the truth they know it, dadgum, the reason they act in foolishness is because they, at the core level, are in a rebellion against the Lord. I'll tell him how it's going to be. I'll do what I want to do. And I'll reap what I sow. The problem is sin. Sin brings trouble. So the last piece is put into place. And I want you to think about this. God counts as success, possessing integrity, possessing wisdom, being thoughtful, rational, and considerate. And here's the last piece, walking in obedience. That's what we see in that third verse. God counts as success. You want to know what success is in God's eyes? It is walking in obedience. We need to be sure and tell our kids. We need to be sure and let the folks know around us, success is not in stuff. It's not in money. It's not in reputation. Success is walking and living in obedience to God. Here's why God's glorified in that. Here's why God blesses that. You see, the flip side of that verse is if, if you're walking in foolishness, you suffer ruin. But if you, if you walk in obedience, your way is not in ruin. It's the way of life. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Success is walking in obedience. Now I want you to think about this fourth one again. Can you obey if you're poor? Yes. Can you obey if you're rich? Yes. Can you obey if you're young? Are you too young to obey? Yes, you can. Can you obey if you're old? Did you ever graduate? Yes, you can obey if you're old. Here's the deal. 
Again, it's on you. I want you to listen to these things again. What God calls success, what God defines as success, possessing integrity, possessing wisdom, being considerate, thoughtful, rational, and walking in obedience. I want to read that to you again. What God considers success, possessing integrity, possessing wisdom, being thoughtful, considerate, rational, walking in obedience. Here's the point to our message tonight. Tomorrow you're going to wake up. Whatever age you are, whatever situation you are in life, you're going to wake up. And you can try to be successful by the world's standard, or you can actually, listen, be successful according to what God has said. Be those things. Do those things. Search out those things. Walk in those things. Here's, here's how I'm going to end. You want something practical? Here it is. Sometimes folks say, I need to hear something practical. If you just tell me four steps, I'd follow them. Well, here's four steps. Possess integrity. Possess wisdom. Be considerate, reasonable, thoughtful, and walk in obedience. You can wake up in the morning and you can be successful according to God's standard. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for your grace. We're thankful for your word that leads us. We're thankful that you make it plain, you make it simple. We're thankful that you just lay it out and we can grab it and be successful. We can honor you and bless you. Or we can walk in ignorance and foolishness and rebellion in sin, turning against you. Lord, I'm thankful that you make it plain. I, I pray for us as we sit here tonight, the youngest kid here tonight that they've understood and heard, the, the oldest person here tonight, I pray as they've taken this in, I, I pray that we wake up tomorrow dead set on taking in your truth, dead set on grabbing your wisdom, dead set on operating in thoughtfulness. And Lord, putting all that to practice and walking in obedience. Help us in that. And then, Lord, all of that, when we fail, when we mess it up, we have a Savior in Jesus. I thank you for that. We have forgiveness in Jesus. We've wrecked the train on our own accord. We have hope and a Savior in Jesus. Lord, I thank you for that. I praise you for that. As we end this day, Lord, we tell you we love you, we praise you, and we worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.